get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Sharon Silver of ProactiveParenting.net and we're going to be talking today about parenting experts and what are they, why do we need them and when do we call them? I mean, Sharon, you have been a parenting expert in my life for almost 20 years. From the time my kids were small to getting one to a full scholarship at UCSB, the other one's valedictorian, and they're fully formed human beings. They're not yeah. just little robot kids. And yeah. that was largely in part to the therapist that I use, but also to the parenting expertise that you gave me over the years. And I was blessed because you're my friend, you're in my life, and I could have course call you anytime anywhere but most people are not that lucky they don't have a friend like you who happens to be a world recognized parenting expert so (laughs) the first question that I have for you is why would somebody call a parenting expert like why would they make a session well you know whenever you first got pregnant you began fantasizing about what it would be like to have a kid. And all these things started coming up and it was lovely. And then the baby arrived and you felt the most intense love you've ever felt in your life. And you actually started feeling like my life, it has a purpose. I know what I'm supposed to do now. And that's all wonderful. And what you want to do is hold on to that because that's the heart of parenting and that will help guide you. But, you know, those wonderful feelings become a hazy memory the moment that those intense emotional explosions begin happening. And you start wondering, is it me? Is it the child? Is it both of us? What am I supposed to do? The truth is that a lot of what causes parents to reach out for parenting comes from their inner child, comes from the wounding and trauma bonds they experienced. And so it gets to be played out in the family system. And that's what you're looking at. So the moment when that starts happening, what you want to do is not blame the child, not blame yourself, because my God, we're all there, is to say, who am I now? Not who was I when I first had this reaction? Who am I now? Who is my child and what do I want for our parent, for my parenting? And when those things come together, you start realizing I'm actually creating the soul and the understanding of a child about how the world works. That is no joke. And I'm not saying it's so that you end up feeling like 
oh my God, I have to study. I have to master this. I have to like take a course. You don't because the bottom line is parenting lives in the now. Parenting lives in the moment. And when kids are emotional and their development, it changes so fast that there is no way to have one solution that works for everything when there's so much built into parenting that's a lesson for both parent and child. So those are the factors that tell you maybe it's time to start thinking about getting a wider perspective so that you can honor who you are, the child you have, and the parenting style that you actually want. Well, one of the things that struck me when we were talking was there's, I think, also like a third element to all this, at least what I felt as a parent, and I'm a seasoned parent now after 20 years, um, (laughs) is the change in culture, you know, like the advent of social media, the advent, you know, of the iPhone kids that, you know, iPhones really became prevalent around 2009, you know, where they became affordable for families. So, you know, there was this massive shift, Sharon, and There's been nothing like this before in recorded human history. So you can't go to your parents and say, hey, what would you do? And they're like, I don't know. We didn't have cell phones. You know, we didn't have computers. We didn't have this information. You know, we didn't have my dad said it best. He goes, you are a good arguer, Stan. He goes, you could argue. But he said, you didn't have the facts that your kids have today. Oh yeah. Look things up and argue back with you for reason. And I think, you know, you've got this emotion thing, you've got your past, you've got the way you've been raised, but then you also have these societal cultural things. You know, I left one of the houses of worship that I loved because the person in charge said, you need to control the child when he's this size, if you expect to control the child when he's grown up. And I looked at him and I said, I don't expect to control my child when he's 20 or 30 years old, you know? So you look at all these influences, I guess, is the best way to do it. And that's one of the things that I felt as somebody who used you as a parenting expert, you helped me weed through all the influences. You know, parenting has changed. My kids are in their forties and I know you, I know I don't look it, Um, but they are. And they're a different kind of child. You have different children than I had raising them. Sharon, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor today is EveryPlate. And if you are looking to cut down on your food costs, get more bang for your bite with America's Best Value Meal Kit. EveryPlate is 25% cheaper than grocery store shopping, so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, you only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. And if you want to get dinner on the table faster, try their 15 minutes or less recipes that take literally 15 minutes or less to prepare. You can choose from fast, favorable options like pimento-styled grilled cheese sandwiches and smoky cumin pork tacos. And you can count on every plate to make mealtimes easier without compromising on quality. Every plate recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainably sourced seafood, so you know your meals will be fresh and flavorful. Now, also, what's really important to me as a sole-supporting single mom of two kids taking care of my 89-year-old veteran dad is that they have 
have meal kits for one and kid-friendly plates. Like I'm juggling a whole bunch of different things in my household and I like to get the meal kits for my dad different than the meal kits for me and the kids. And this makes it easy. This makes it possible. So to get $1.49 per meal, go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter the code motherhood149. Get started with everyplate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering the code motherhood149. That promo code is motherhood149 and that's up to $110 value. And I love everyplate. The menus are simple and I feel good about preparing the food for my family. Everything is pre-portioned. It helps me save time, save money, take care of my dad and my kids, and that makes every plate a winner in my book. Now, we're talking today to Sharon Silver of Proactive Parenting and about the societal influences on our parenting styles and our parenting skills that our parents didn't have when they were raising us. What you have to do is kind of look at what society is presenting, and that is there's changes. There's more information. So instead of trying to keep the information from the children, invite them. I love what your father said because my parents said the same thing. You're a great arguer. And I said the same thing to my son. Then I said, look, you also have access to the internet and phones. So make your case. If you want me to hear you, make a case. Doesn't mean I'm going to say yes, but show me your intellect. Do it respectfully you know, invite all the things that you have access to. And that helped to really open the dialogue where he felt seen and heard for why he was using the cell phone and invited me to join him in a place where I was unfamiliar. And to this day, I am unfamiliar with social media and I call my children. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. But I mean, you know, these things that, that are prevalent today, you know, like the cyberbullying, You know, I didn't really understand what that meant. Like, I kind of understood it, but I got to see it firsthand recently with these three girls in the high school that literally call themselves the mean girls. They pattern their behavior after that movie. They call each other those names and they think... They are the coolest thing. And I was able to see some of the the work that they were doing. And they created a Mean Girls account on Instagram. And they took pictures of themselves, like, AKA, like the movie. But they were literally putting out Mean Girl threats, for lack of a better word, to the other girls and boys in the high school. And there's no referee. There's nothing there's no you know this was a hidden instagram account it was by invitation only instagram isn't monitoring these things it was bananas yeah uh you know again there's no one solution for all of this but what i see and this comes from being my age and having seen so many things change with generations with generational parenting that what we're starting to see happen is that our young girls and young men understand what cyberbullying is, what bullying is, and they're not tolerating it. They're banding together as a group and saying, stop it. And that's basically our greatest hope, in my humble opinion, for humanity. When we band together for the good of all people, and we want to empower our children to do that. So the idea might be that we have a classroom meeting or a school meeting where we talk about how does this really feel? We're not going to single people out, but we know it's happening. 
And how many of you are really distraught because it's happened to you? And how many of you know that you would like to say, stop it, stand up. And now let's look at the numbers. So when this person starts bullying, you know that the numbers are behind you, not behind them. So we need to expose it, not hide it. And I think the world is getting to that place. I think so, because I think everybody's starting to get fed up, you know, because it's it's weak and it's cowardly. You know, you're fighting behind, you know, a device or fighting behind a screen. Um, One of the other things that I found was something that, again, I didn't have this. You didn't have this. No one's had this before in human history. Kids putting up their drama wounds on social media and I don't understand it. You know, my son had sent me a screenshot and he said, mom, you got to see what so-and-so is doing now. Oh, oh, oh. And it's all designed to elicit a response. And what I showed Sharon was an Instagram reel where some girl is putting herself up saying she's so hot. And then she's like, I'm so heartbroken. And she's showing her face absolutely sobbing so that all of her friends can give her attention. But the thing is, Sharon, two seconds later, my son shows me here she is on Instagram at a party. Like it's fake. It's, it's mechanic, you know, it's, it's, these are things that are lately driving me bananas and why I'm so grateful that I come to you for <laughs> kind of a parenting reset going, what is wrong with these kids today? And I'm not saying that because I'm old. I'm saying no. this is ridiculous. No, it's really new. And what I'm and the only thing that I can equate this to is a lack of attention from the family of origin. They're not being seen. They're not being heard. They're not getting their needs met. So now they've turned... Let me back this up and say there's something that happens after you're about 13 and it goes into the later teen years. And I call it the hat phase. And the hat phase is when you put on, you know, you're in school and you see a cool girl and you like her dress. So you put one on that looks like it and you think, am I cool too? Because you're trying to find the pers- your own persona. You're trying to find out who am I separate from my parents. So this hat phase is also mirroring what's going on in society. But the point of origin, the part that's motivating the wound is this child does not feel seen. She does not feel heard. She has turned that hat toward her peer group and now she's asking them to fill her needs. Now for a parent, that's dangerous. You do not let the peer group fill in the blanks and fill their needs. Because as we know, if they jumped off a cliff, would you jump too? How many times have we said that or heard it when we were growing up? It's the same thing. So we need to get in there and say, it's not just a fluke. It's not just something that's happening on Instagram. It is something that your child is absorbing other peers' information about this. And it's not accurate. No, it's not accurate. And I, you know... I also have a question about this gender identification that's going on in the high schools now because I'm hearing it, I'm seeing it, and it's cool right now to be like LGBTQ, like that if you're heteronormative or whatever the, I don't know, I don't know the right words to say it, yeah. but 
it's one of these things where I listen to these kids in my pool, in my household going, oh yeah, I like this girl. I like this guy. I like this, this, this. And I don't know if all of these kids are going to grow up to be bisexual, homosexual, heteronormative, whatever all those things are. They have about 50 different labels. Yeah. Is this part of the hat? Um, Yes. And I also think it's an acceptance of the fluidity if I can say it, of sexuality. Uh, I live in San Francisco. It's a very fluid right. town. It's a very fluid town. You know? Um, so, and I've been here since I was 16. So it's kind of, I understand it and I don't challenge it. I think it's a, a process in humanity as we are uncovering, COVID uncovered all of the injustices, not all, but, but a lot of shining them. the light on a lot of the injustices that we have not seen. And sexual fluidity is one of them. So it doesn't mean that this is forever. This is about acceptance. Can you accept me when, I mean, I wore blue jeans that if I bent over, you could see way more than you oh, ever Oh, the butt should. crack jeans. We all had I, butt crack I'm jeans. I'm a child of the 60s, man. You know, I was embroidering the whole thing. Doesn't mean I'm going to wear them now. Right. So, but here's my question. And this, this gets to the next layer of this. Cause I look at these social media posts. Are these pictures of these kids or these, you know, when they're wearing their hats, you say for the rest of us, we just have one or two fuzzy photos from the seventies and eighties, you know, going, look at the stupid haircut you had. Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing here. However, everything is documented. So if you're doing this fluidity thing and you decide at 25 that you're not fluid, will this come back to haunt you? You know, the girls that are showing their midriff, the girls that are doing suggestive photos, even the boys are showing off their abs. I said to my son, don't, I don't want to hear about your abs from my my mom friends. Like not okay. Do not friend everybody. Do not broadcast your abs to everybody. Now he's doing modeling. So he's getting his abs broadcasted everywhere. But my point is we never had a record Sharon of all these things that we did, the experiments, the things we tried and didn't work like your pants. Yeah. Are your pants going to be like, what is it for these kids? Is it just going to be normal because everybody had it? Um, I think it's going to be normal because we're at that place with social media. So I think that, you know, it would be like, well, where's your pictures and why are you hiding? So we have to look at the broader picture. This is what's normal for them. It's not what's normal for us. Right. And they have to own it. Yeah. I played with it. I experimented it. It is who I am. Any of those are our fits. We just don't know yet. And the child, I don't think, knows. No. Maybe they do. I know a lot of little people who at three were very clear to say, I am a girl. Dude, rock on. Right. You know, if they're not clear, give them the space to figure it out. The whole job about parenting is to slowly release your kids to themselves bit by bit. And that's how they gain self-control and resiliency. We have to allow them to experience what they're going to experience while we stand beside them. We don't prevent them unless danger is involved. But for the most part, we stand beside them going, that was difficult. That was not fun. How, what do you need? How can I help you? Am I going to say yes? No, I'm not. But how can I help you? 
Right. Well, and these are the kind of conversations, and this is what I love about, you know, doing these things with you, because I give you real world examples from my own life. And this is what it means to go to a parenting expert, to get a different point of view, somebody who has walked the walk before you, but also understands the lay of the land for our young people, because it is confusing. It's confusing for them. And it's confusing for me as the parent and talking it out with other peer parents often just keeps me stuck or I walk away feeling like that parent just wants to be more powerful than me, more knowledgeable than me. Are they really acting in me and my kid's best interest? And then there's also the gossip factor. Like I don't want to talk to the blabbermouth in town or the gossip queen in town, even though she might be smart and know a lot of things and raise six kids in this town. So she knows everything. She can't keep her trap shut. So, you know, going to like, for me, I used two parenting experts. I used you. And then I had a therapist who was skilled in single parenting moms raising boys so mm-hmm. you know there's there's uniqueness to every family there's yeah. uniqueness to every condition and that uniqueness is what you share if you're comfortable because it impacts your parenting it's like you know parents are somewhat surprised when i say so tell me who were your parents what would they have done in this situation and we start being able to draw the correlation between not what your parents did so we can blame them That's not my goal. The goal is to see the decision the child made based on what the parents did, because that decision is part of their inner child. It's holding the memory. It made the decisions that I believe that kids should listen the very first time I say so, because that's how I was raised. And I turned out just fine. I mean, that's a a global, really well-known thing that I hear all the time. And it's like, okay, well, let's remember a time when it didn't go so well. How did you feel? And what did you want to say? And if the same thing happened between you and your child, what would you tell your child today? Because you're not the same person you were when you had that baby. You've grown. You've changed. I want to meet you with who you are now so you can meet your child where they are now. And so you can form your parenting so that it works for everybody. And so you're not so relying on the type of parenting that has that's draining you to the bone because mm-hmm. that's what it's doing. You're pushing against the natural flow of what's happening in your family. So you feel drained, you feel taken advantage of, you feel like you're the chief cook and bottle washer and there is no way to get back what you felt. And I can change that because you deserve to honor you. I love that. You guys, for more from Sharon Silver, go to proactiveparenting.net. She has a book out called Stop Reacting and Start Responding. It's a great book. You guys want to check it out. She's got lots of great programs on her website. That's proactiveparenting.net. We'll be back again soon. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.